Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the for the post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. If you tag Villa View, you'll get ten percent off all their Villa beer-related goodies. So go and check that out. Joined tonight by Omar from the Villa Talks podcast. Great to have you on, mate. We haven't had you on for for a while. How you been? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a hectic time for me. Got number three on the way, so uh, yeah, been preparing for that. So yeah, apologies, I haven't been so probably uh, no one's missed me really because uh it's been a it's been a tough period isn't it for villa well, I'm, I'm just gonna say we, prob- we probably have missed you because last time you were on we were probably in it felt like villa were in a bit of a better place than yeah, we are true. now the season's petering yeah. out a little bit but we we have managed to salvage a point against pretty much relegated west brown i think that point probably has put the final nail in the coffin for them now which is which is great but not not a really great performance from villa i mean just before we came on you read mm. the xg stats out to me and i've got to say i'm absolutely flabbergasted by them yeah, I'm I'm shocked. I think 3.41 versus 1.72 or something like that. 1.76. I I don't know where that's come from because it seemed like West Brom had the. I mean, we had good chances definitely, but um, it was far too end to end that game. I thought we didn't manage that game well at all, and they had some really good chances. Some some, uh, some well, it was nearly an own goal by Conza as well. Pereira had a chance, hit the bar, hit the post. Yeah, I, I don't know whether I don't know how they calculate these XG stats. To be honest, I've no idea. I mean, I said to you, even the goal we scored at the end, probably about two seconds prior to the ball hitting the back of the net, the XG on that must have been quite low because West Brom should have absolutely dealt with it because I was getting ready to come on here and actually say, Emmy Martinez has saved us really with a couple of excellent saves at 2-1 without those saves mm. and don't come back and get the point. But I was kind of a bit annoyed by the fact that like in stoppage time, it actually felt like oh, we, we look quite good here. We're fizzing yeah. the ball in the box. We're causing them problems. But I kind of think, where was that urgency? at 1-1. Where was that urgency earlier on at 2-1? And I'm unsure why it took so long to bring attackers on as well, because we clearly needed to change something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, as I've said, I mean, I said to you on, on, on our chat uh, that I, I have no idea. As soon as 
Keenan came on and was like, why hasn't this change happened 10 minutes earlier? I don't understand. Mm. What were we waiting for? I mean, yes, we were, you know, we're looking threatening, but it was because the game was end-to-end. You know, West Brom were giving us chances. West Brom were a poor side, let's not forget. Yes, they've won games recently, but they've their defence can be got at. Um, yeah, they were defensively. Yeah, exactly. And I know we're missing players, but there's no way we should be in that position. You know, we, brought, we started well for the first 20-odd minutes or whatever, and then after that, we seemed to lose a bit of composure. But, you know, when the games were going against you, I don't understand why. I mean, Ramsey's the first change he 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 makes, and and Ramsey actually, to be fair to him, I thought played fairly well actually when he came on. He, he sort of distributed the ball well, played well with McGinn, and and sort of started our attacks well. But Keenan Davis, what as I don't understand what Dino's got against Keenan Davis. Keenan, last time Keenan Davis played for us properly, he's come on, he's assisted the you know a goal, he's, he's looked lively. And this game was crying out for him uh, against West Brom. We needed someone just a, a bit more physical, just to get in and amongst them a little bit and just ruffle a, a few feathers. And, you know, he he did the job when he came on, but he always does that. You know, yes, he, his finishing can be lacking, but I'm so happy for him, to be honest. You know, he's got that yeah. goal. He's been waiting for, for ages and, and his anticipation and, you know, his determination got him that goal in the end. And he, and he saved Dino, really, I think, in the end. Yeah, I was getting ready to go on social media and the team to be getting absolutely pelted. I mean, I'm sure that's probably still happening, such as the why of social media. I'm not for any second trying to dress that up as, as a good performance or, or a good result, but it's a, to be honest, I just feel a sense of relief that yeah. we've come and, and clawed something back from that game because, to be honest, I, I didn't see it happening at all going into stoppage time. I'm keen and just quickly, because we'll go back to the start of the game, but, I mean, two of the last three home games now, He's come on and, and and made an impact and done pretty much all you can ask of him. Really, he's got, got two two or two or three goal involvements now from, from those substitute appearances. It, it it does make you wonder, doesn't it, why he wasn't on earlier? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Um, even even games, even against Man City, you know, games in the past where after the Fulham performance, I thought, you know, this is this game's crying out for him. I, I haven't really understood why he hasn't been involved, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Dino sees him and the team see him off the pitch and training. Maybe there's more to it. I don't know. I can't say, you know, we're just judging purely on performances. But if you're judging purely on performances, then you should be you should be involved. You should be playing. Uh, maybe not starting, but definitely should be coming on, especially when we're losing 2-1 and we're dying for a goal. He's not mm. going to. He's probably not going to score goals, although he obviously he did today, but he's going to at least create chances, create space for other people to work in. But I suppose if you take away, the, if you're looking at the positives, the positives are we've probably sent West Brom down let's be honest, which is which is a nice thing to do. And Wesley's back, and, and he looked fairly okay, I thought, fairly lively. Yeah, made and a difference. Keenan, yeah, and Keenan's got his goal that he's been waiting for for ages, and hopefully he kicks on from here. Yeah, it was good to see Wesley back on a pitch. Obviously, a really horrible 16 months for him. His injury was way worse than has been reported as well. They've had to do some unbelievable work behind the scenes to get him right. So credit to everyone at the club on the medical side of things for getting him back on the pitch. Because I think to actually have to find out what's actually happened to him, getting him on before the end of this season, I think that's a, a massive thing for the club. So well done to everyone now. And having him on, it did like, again, having him and Davis just occupied West Brom. It enabled us to come forward a bit more and be a bit more direct. And it, it does show something that we haven't had this season is those forward options to bring on in games. And it, it does show you against the lesser lights of the Premier League, just to, just by having a forward to bring on, or two, it does make a difference. Yeah. I mean, do you, th- do you think Dino's reluctant to make those changes because maybe he's not he's not got trust in those players? Because you think of Keenan Davis and, you know, he wasn't really getting many games in the Championship, never mind the, the Premier League. Uh, and if that's our second option. Do you think? Do you think it's one of those? Uh, is that is that it's the case that Dino thinks actually he's not going to do anything anyway? 
I'm, I'm, I'm a bit stuck here. And that's probably why he's so reluctant to make changes. Or do you think there's there's more to it? I don't, I don't know. But, he, but he's bought he's bought him on in two of the last three home games, and, and he has made a difference. Again, it's it's against lower lower opposition teams. You would expect us to be in a game when we've been struggling. I think yeah. he can be useful off the bench because he does he does occupy defenders, and that perhaps especially when Jack Grealish isn't playing, that perhaps frees up a bit more space for for Ollie Watkins. It's it's a funny one because like you say, he didn't play much under Smith in the Championship, albeit I think he had a few injuries in that in that final Championship. Yeah season for us but that's, it, it is what it is that's that that's what's there isn't it i'm sure in an ideal world we'd have a couple of strikers that dean smith really rates to, to call up and, and bring off the bench but for whatever reason they aren't there and and if he's there and he's proven in a couple of games now that, that he can do damage against those kind of sides you got to say he probably should have been on earlier but thankfully he's come on and got his goal he did well to sniff out the goal as well for someone yeah. who we associate as being a natural goal scorer He's, he's sniffed out that opportunity quite well and, and took it away. So that, that was a great thing. Let's go back to the start of the game then. So obviously six o'clock teams announced. I think most people would have been quite surprised to see Ross Barkley's name on on the team sheet. You've said it all ends in the week. It could have been that Ross Barkley has had an unbelievable week in training. And mm. Dean Smith felt right. This is the game for him to come back in. He's probably again, he's probably won now, whatever he does, he's gonna get slated, but out the midfield, central midfield three. I actually thought he was the, the the most dangerous and the most likely to do something for us. He he won us the penalty. I'm not saying he was vintage Ross Barkley or a vintage performance by any stretch of the imagination, but I just felt today he was a threat, which is something. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. I think um, I was surprised, definitely, to see him on the, on um, in the lineup because I thought, given what was said in the in the week about how, us not potentially buying him and not looking at a permanent deal, I thought maybe Dino sort of. You know, maybe thinking from one eye to the future and make, make play Ramsey or or sort of, you know, just use him sparingly. But I was surprised it did start. But I was glad he started because with Ross Barkley, I think, on his, you know, he's one of these players on his day, he can make a massive difference. And I think Dino took a gamble. He thought, this is, uh, like I said, low, lower, lower quality opposition in the Premier League. He's going to get time and space. Their defence isn't, isn't the best, albeit obviously they've improved under Allardyce. This is the kind of game where if he, if, you know, give him a chance and hopefully he gets the space to do something. And he did. In the end of the day, he he looked dangerous. Yes, he wasn't vintage. It wasn't a perfect performance or anything like that. But it was much better for him. Uh, yeah. He was committed as well. He was determined. He was trying to make things happen. And you need that bit of quality. We've been lacking in the final third for ages now. Defensively, we've looked decent. Well, apart from today, which I, I actually thought we were very poor defensively. But most, most for the most part of the season, even when we've been bad, we've looked good defensively it's just been uh, the attacking third without Grealish we've been lacking and I think maybe Smith thought actually let's get a bit impetus in the, in the final third play Algarzi on the left as well um, and, and maybe make try and you know, try, hopefully something happens and, and he, he can create a few chances or whatever and I thought for 25 minutes Villa looked like we were going to go on and, and sort of smash them to be honest I thought the way that we were playing I thought you know we, we, we started really well we were attacking with intent we were, we were quick on the ball we weren't, you know, I think what we've seen over the last four months is Villa have been quite lackadaisical on the ball. They take their time. Uh, you know, when they pay passes in between midfield, it seems like it takes like an extra half a second when compared to other teams. If you look at Leeds, Man United, West Ham, even to an extent, other teams in and around us even, the way that they pass the balls in, in between midfield seems to be a bit sharper and crisper, whereas we've looked for the last four months, we've looked really, really a bit leggy almost. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's fitness or whatever. So I, th- I was quite... You know, quite enthusiastic with our start, and I was quite excited to see what would happen in the game. But then, as soon as they scored, which was out of nothing really, you know, completely against one of play, we just—I don't know what happened to us. We sort of lost it a bit. 
for tempo for went didn't it? tempo went and then we looked a bit I don't know, a bit suspect at the back as well. And I, I don't know, what, what do you think? Because I know we've talked about this before, but that back five looks so solid, but there just seems to be a bit of a communication issue now between, especially the back three. The, the Conza didn't look at his best today. Martinez has made a couple of errors recently. I'm not really sure what, what's going on where we've looked so solid at the back. I think our defence is not looking as good as it was once was. I don't know if that's... A, I, don't know, I don't know what there is to it. I think it's the collective thing. I don't think you can put it down to just the back four and the goalkeeper. I just think collectively at the moment, as a as a whole team, and probably I include the coaching staff in that as well, we're not we're not at the levels we were at at the start of the season for, for whatever reason. I mean, that's for someone smarter than me to, to figure out why. But I don't. I felt we were in control of the game, but probably for the first time in a while. Actually, I actually said thought like you, we're moving the ball around quite nicely. It's quite crisp. The tempo is better than it has been. But then we get a setback, and to and we just don't react well to that to that no. setback. I mean, we'll come on to the penalties, but I think that's been something in the second half of the season. If we've had a setback, I don't think the response has, has been good enough. And again tonight, it took us ages to get to get going again once once West Brom scored, and then we find ourselves two one down at half time. I mean, Conte's had an off night tonight. Both of the goals you could put down to him. Everyone's going to have an off night at some point. It's probably the mm. first game where you can criticise him all season. Esri Conte has been one of our players of the season, unfortunately yeah. tonight. You could just, you could put attribute a couple of goals down to him. I mean, our penalty. I thought it was a penalty. It's soft, but that's the modern game. I think it's it's always going to get given. I thought the defender from West Brom was clumsy. I thought it was stupid to do what he did. Yeah. Barclays bought the penalty, but it is a penalty. And then I suppose theirs is theirs is similar. Although I thought it was a little bit softer. But then I don't know if you were watching on BT Sport or a dodgy stream or whatever. But Peter Peter Walton says in the context of the game, yeah. the West Bromwich Albion penalty is a penalty. So is he saying oh, God. that if that first penalty for Villa is not given, then that's not a penalty? I just I don't understand how that works. Surely a, a penalty is a penalty today. It, it shows it would be a penalty sh- on Wednesday. Yeah, it, it shows you the mindset of referees, I think. Yeah, uh, Peter Warren, I, Peter, I mean, I did, I did see that and I, and I listened to that. Um, and Peter Warren is terrible. Let's be honest. He is absolutely he's absolutely stealing a living on BT, isn't he? Because some of the stuff he comes out with, he never really gives any sort of insight, no. any sort of opinion. He normally backs the ref or he sits on the fence. He's just it's pointless, I think. But what he's basically saying is the mentality of referees is in the back of their head, they're always looking to even out things. If they if they think Stupid. they've got something wrong or they think something's a bit controversial, then it's always, it's always like, I suppose it is a bit of human nature, but there's always in the back of the mind, they've got to even out. It doesn't matter, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. If it's if the first decision is soft, doesn't mean you have to give another soft penalty. If it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. It didn't, I don't really understand why, the first one, our one, I understand why the referee's given it. And then I understand why VAR's sort of upheld his decision. Because, it, because it's not it a clear and obvious error. It's not a clear and obvious error. It's, it's a soft pen, yeah, but I can see on on the face of it, in real time, it looks like a penalty. Their penalty it doesn't look like a penalty to me. It doesn't. What it looks like is maybe Conza's maybe touched his shoulder a little bit. You can't even see the, the the his foot touching his foot, his foot, the player's foot. So I don't really understand why the referee's given it. Um, and then after that, as soon as he's given it, yes, it's soft. But as soon as there's like a tiny bit of touch on the foot, then they're not going to go overturn it, are they? Which is a shame. But I still think you know, even then, it, it's come out of nothing. We should react better. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. The reaction's not there at the moment, not, is it? Because then you feel you feel like West Brom, they're going to score the next goal. Obviously, Pereira hit the bar, lovely free kick. I, don't, I can't work Pereira out. I can't work out whether he's really good or he's just a highlights player because 
I didn't notice him greatly throughout the game, but then he had some moments where I thought, well, that's very nice. He's, he's a decent player. He's going to be on the move in the, in the summer. He's going to stick around in the Premier League. But I just I still feel like we're making our own problems because suddenly we can't string passes together. There's there's no tempo. Like all the things that I thought were good up into... Well, I say good. All the things I thought were okay up into the goal suddenly weren't there. There was there was a passage of play of about five minutes before half-time. Mm. McGinn made two sloppy passes in the, in the space of about 10 seconds. And now Ghazi tries to pass it to target and he just knocks it out for a throw. And it just seemed contagious around, around the whole team then at that point that, that, that they can't do anything right. Yeah, I don't know. It's, confidence is down, isn't it? It really is. Mm. But I, I do worry. I mean, I, I said this on our pod um, on the last episode. I do worry about our sustainability of, of our performances and the way that we play because it, it doesn't seem to me like... I, I was thinking that we were going to develop... The way we were going to develop was Dino's come in He's going to try and get us up or, or either the season comes in the season after whatever way we can. And it's going to be on, on the back of Jack, basically, which is what happened. Then this this last season, the Premier League, it was always going to be a difficult one because we had to make so many changes. So it's always going to be difficult to adopt a playing style or or whatever. But yeah, we went, we went too sort quick of, a turnaround. Yeah, too quick a turnaround, too many players. And we went gung-ho and then fair play to Dino. He, he sort of stepped it back a bit after the COVID period and, and changed things up and we became a bit more solid. This season, we've started this sort of counter-attacking fast style, a bit direct, but... Um, but not sort of hopeless long balls, you know. Sort of, there's a, there's a there's a pattern to it. There's a, there's because you've got someone up top this season that can, exactly, that can yeah. deal with that kind of thing as well. But but then without Jack there, then I think it's become more apparent to to everyone that we don't really have a good way of playing, and we don't have too many good footballers in, in our team, and we don't keep the ball well enough. You know, you look at uh, other other teams. You know, even I know Brighton are, are, are terrible, but just the way that they play football, etc. You know, they all have an idea and way of playing. And they, they can all keep the ball. They've got good footballers in the team. And we don't seem to have that. And we really struggle keeping the ball and, and, and sort of dictating play. And I think when teams, when we're not, when we haven't got Jack, we can't play that counter-attacking style and we really suffer. And then as soon as one pass goes wrong, then I don't think we've got those players who can sort of, apart from maybe Louise, who's a bit off form, obviously, but we've got that composure to pick a pass out and in tight areas, you know, uh, play one twos, etc. We, we don't seem to have that in our team, and and I, th- I don't know how we're going to get from where we are now to progress and be a better team in in the way that we play. Because I don't think that counter attacking style is sustainable for the longer term. Because teams work you out, and what that's what they've done to us is they've they've all started to sit sit a little deeper. They've all uh, you know stopped the quick free kick and things like that. You know things we were doing really well early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Teams teams work you out. So the only way to really progress is to have a style where consistently you can play it and you can sort of impose yourself in the game. And I don't think we have that. And I think we saw that today where, you know, McGinn, let's be honest, he's a, he's a cracking player, really end-to-end type of player, gung-ho type of player. But in terms of footballing ability, in terms of his control, his touch and his pass, it's not his strengths. His strengths are his hustle and bustle, his shooting, his sort of box-to-box energy. Um, and I think maybe we need to start thinking about in the summer, trying to find maybe a different type of player in that midfield who can, you, you can sort of like take hold of the ball and dictate the game a little bit and has good, has good quality on the ball. But I, I do yeah. worry about that. Yeah, the midfield's where it's wrong at the moment. I mean, without Jack, the whole team, something just seems to have been, they seem to be carrying, I don't want to sound like Jolie and Lescott, but they seem to be carrying like a weight on the shoulders, all of them, that, that they can't do the things that they were doing before because they are good. They are just good footballers there because just because Jack Grealish is there, doesn't, isn't there, sorry, it doesn't make them bad footballers, but without him, 
we, we seem to really we seem to really really struggle we can't do the basics and i do think most of the problems we've got at the moment going both ways it stems from the midfield. I think we're missing someone who can dictate the tempo of the game in central midfield, someone who can put their foot on the ball, like you've just said, and just dictate the tempo of the game a little bit. But also, there's not a physical player to, to break things up when you're under the cost a little bit. Uh, when I think of Louise before, when, when we came back from COVID, the back end of last season, I was watching Louise and the interceptions. He was in the right place defensively. He was picking the ball up. He was making tackles. I can't remember the last time I saw him make a tackle. It just seems, seems really strange how the whole midfield just seems really, really passive. And you could notice it today against an average team in West Brom. Yeah, that, they, they overpowered us. They look the more likely to score f- for my money. I, I actually think they're in a little bit of a false position because I do think if Allardyce was there from the start of the season, I think you probably see them up towards somewhere where Newcastle are points-wise. I actually don't think they'd be in the trouble that they're in now at all if he'd have been there to have his ideas at the start of the season. Mm. But I don't like seeing us get put under pressure by a by team like West Brom on our own patch. And straight away, second half, five minutes, I think it was, after after half-time, they score and Conte says, it's, it's not a mistake, he, he's fell. There's nothing he can do about it. He's had an he's had a, a unfortunate night tonight, Conte, and then Mings has tried to bail him out. And unfortunately, it's ended up in the back of the net yeah. when he probably wasn't going in. But then, like you say, from then, we just struggled to do the basics. and We, we just didn't ever look like we were going to score, to be honest. I know we did, but I, di- I didn't feel like we were actually going to make something happen by playing football, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it was it was always going to be like a counter or it was going to be a mistake from West Brom. And that, that's what I mean by imposing ourselves on the game. Um, you know, early early part of the season, even if you think about the Crystal Palace game as an example, you know, we, we're down to 10 men, but we still imposed ourselves in our game. Yes, I mean, mm. the goals came from counter-attacks, but we still had quality on the ball and we made the right decision. And I think I think with Jack, it's, it's, a, it's partly confidence, obviously, and I think there is a... Without Jack, I think he lifts the whole team. But also, I think, because he's able to hold on to the ball uh, in high areas, then it means our midfield pushes up. And I think our midfield does better in, high, in sort of higher areas of the pitch. Uh, when, you know, Jack's on the ball on the left, we can play in and around him. We can... We know if Jack's got the ball... Now he's going to, nine times out of ten, he's going to keep hold of it. He's not going to lose it. And I think what happens now is when you give the ball to Troy or Garzi, they're not quite sure whether they're going to hold on to it, whether they're going to make the right pass, the right decision, which means the midfield steps off slightly a little bit, which means you don't keep the ball well enough. Um, and, and that means, you know, if, 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 for example, Grealish has got the ball on the left, then McGinn will push up alongside yeah. on the left. Uh, Watkins will come out to the left. Target will push up and we'll play in like sort of nice triangles. Or, or interact well with the midfield. Louise will come across and then spray the ball out to the right. You know, we'll do that really well. But I think now we're just, we're lacking confidence, but we're also lacking the options because I think in the back of everyone's mind, they're thinking, well, Agazi's got the ball, or Troy's got the ball, he's going he's gonna to lose it. He's going to run down a blind alley or do something stupid. And I think that it all sort of feeds into it and it all builds up. And eventually what you see is what you're seeing on the pitch, which is a team lacking confidence and lacking cohesion. Yeah, we needed in this this spell of no Jack now. It's two and a half months, I think it is. Without, and I think they say thirteenth of February was the last last time Jack played. Now, I mean, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, it, it feels like it's been about ten years since since I saw him pull on the Villa shirt. Now that the way it's going, but we really needed certain players to step up. Probably, I, I'm not. I don't want to single him out, but Troy Allray's one who I thought when Jack was on the pitch. Oh yeah, Jack on one flank, Troy Allray on the other. That, that's really good. He was popping up with goals. He was yeah. he was looking dangerous. Yes, he's always got an element of inconsistency about him. A lot of wide players do. But, you know, I thought, okay, this is a chance for him to step up now and, and take games by the scruff of the neck. But it hasn't really happened. No, not at all. No. And, uh, it, I mean, it seems to me like Jack 
was was the main assister for Traore. I think he assisted most of his goals. But I, I thought, I mean, I like Traore, and I thought in spells today he looked he looked okay, he looked decent, did some good things. Um, but his overall performances for the last four months have been dire. Really, have been dire. He goes missing too often, um, and it's something we've we've raised on our part as well. Is I, I don't know what what we're doing in terms of you know in the Premier League you need pace on the wing. And I thought Troy coming in, I didn't see too much of him. I thought, okay, I know he's one-footed and he's all left foot, but I thought he's going to be bringing pace to our team. Um, I thought that was one of his main attributes, but he doesn't. He's not quick. He doesn't take players on. I don't understand what we're doing. I th- we need a bit of we need a bit of pace in that team on the on the wing, and and Troy doesn't bring that. And it does. I think if you're if you've got a player who's inconsistent, then having pace does help. You've seen it with the drama Troy. It means you can create something out of nothing. You can, yeah. you, know, you can you can create something on the counter or do whatever. But at the moment, because we've got no pace on the right wing and Troy is being inconsistent, then it means that anything that goes down that side ends up just down a blind alley or, or we end up losing the ball and nothing ends up happening. And I don't know. I mean, it's his first season. He's got goals and assists. So, you know, fair play to him. But these last four months, it's the same as everyone, really. He, he has been poor, but... It is a collective thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a collective yeah. thing, yeah. Other than maybe, I would say Target's game hasn't changed too much over the time Jack's been out. I think he's still doing doing his best. I don't think he's Mr. Really consistent put the Target, isn't yeah, he? yeah, very very consistent in there. Watkins is doing the best with with what he's got. I think it's not like he's missing chance after chance in games. He he doesn't get loads of chances. He's been popped up with a few assists recently as well. Defense in the main, to be fair, has been solid. But even tonight, like no cash. Yeah, nothing against Elmo. I thought he, I thought he did okay. He did absolutely nothing wrong. But he's a different type of player to Cash. I'm not saying Cash is rapid, but you know he's going to get give you something on the overlap. When you've got Troyore playing the way he plays, and then you've kind of got Elmo hanging back to whipping the ball from deep as well. Yeah. That's that side kind of becomes a bit one-dimensional. And then we haven't yeah. got Jack on the left as well. El Ghazi's very up and down, albeit West Brom's a team that you'd play him against every time because he seems to love, love scoring against him. The flanks is suddenly not there. The centre of the park, centre of the park's not right at the moment. The defence has had a bit of an off day t- tonight as well. You know, it's just a combination of everything seems to be we going sound, wrong at once. We sound really down, don't we? I think I don't no, know. I've got a smile on my face. It's true. Everything's true, going though. wrong at the same time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think our defence is. You know, you're, you're completely right. Our defence for the main has been fantastic, and it's a great foundation for us to build on. Yeah, but we've we, definitely we got, got issues. Definitely got issues in the wide areas, and I think. Um, Traore, he he's he's much better when Cash is playing because Cash allows him that opportunity to come back inside, which is on his favoured left foot. And Grealish being on the team and being on the left wing means that Traore sometimes does sometimes drift over to the left uh, and and take up different positions or come a bit narrower, and it does help him. And I think he's he's better in that kind of position. Alma, I didn't think he had a great game to be honest. I know you're saying he's okay, but he was. It's not. It's not. He didn't do anything wrong. I think he was just rusty, wasn't he? His crossing was off. And he got caught in behind a few times where, you know, he got sort of attracted to the ball a little bit. But, you know, he didn't do anything terribly wrong. But, you know, he's he's not, never going to be at the level of cash. Is, and and no. at the end of the day, cash has made a mistake. So he, he deserves not to be playing. But, I th- you know, we just, we are lacking in those wide areas. And, and I wonder, and I'll, I'll put this to you. I wonder in ne- next season, you know, we're obviously going to need to improve in those wide areas and probably midfield. But... If we do sign a new striker, would you like to see Watkins play out from the wide? And I don't mean as like a as a as a winger or such, but as a wide forward, because I think I thought I thought what we did well in the in the first half today was that Watkins was taking up positions on the right and left. I thought he was sort of drifting out, and I think I think personally that Watkins can be quite effective from a wide position as a forward. He's still still getting chances, still create chances, and he's got the he's got the pace. He's played on the wing before, and he may. 
you know, that's one area that we're weak in. Why not improve it by having one of our best players there? But then, I don't know, what, what do you think? Do you think we then we end up uh, shooting ourselves in the foot and not having someone good up front? It will, you know, depends on who we put on up front, obviously. I think in an ideal world this summer, we know we need to bring a striker in and we know that we need to spend some money on a striker. Having one goal scorer at the club isn't really a sustainable model to go on season after season, although we've done it for the... Mind you, we didn't have a single goal scorer last yeah. season, but, but you know we've had trouble with strikers since we've been in the Premier League. I think most teams, you'll find their top scorer probably plays out wide. Abam, I mean, he's been crap this season, but Aubameyang for Arsenal plays from the left. Salah and Mane probably get 20 goals a season, albeit Mane hasn't a good season this time round, you know. Teams have goal scorers that play out wide. I think because we're probably not going to sign Barclay, I think you'll probably see Jack shift into a number 10 next season. I think you've then got the option that you can play Watkins from the left. I think he'd do damage from the left. I think he plays a lot of his football from the left anyway. Mm. If you sign in a striker and you're spending money on a striker, they ain't going to come to sit on the bench. So you, you've got to have a plan. And we can't keep operating with one striker like we have been. It is not sustainable. So we're going to have to buy that striker. So I think what you're saying... I, I think it could work. I think the club are going to be alarmed by what they've seen over the last couple of months. I don't think they'd have probably planned to do as much business in the summer. I'll be looking at the, the centre of midfield and out wide and be thinking, yeah, we really need to improve here. Whereas maybe two months ago, they were thinking, oh, we might need a player there, a player, a player here, but we don't need to do major surgery. I think what this bad run has done, it would have opened a few people's eyes at the club and perhaps the checkbook's going to be out a little bit more than it was going to be prior to Jack's injury. That that's what I'd say. Yeah, it might, well, it could be a blessing in disguise in the in the end. Yeah, um, because we, I mean, we were never we're not going to get relegated. This is what everyone wanted, isn't it? And then they said, "What what do you want from the season? You, you don't want to be in a relegation dogfight towards the end of the season. You want to be comfortable with the table, which is what we're at." But I suppose the concern and, and the worry is momentum. Is this bad run of form that we've had? Is that going to carry on next season? Is that yeah. is this is this the level that we're at without Jack? And and that is a concern, but. I suppose this is the level we were at last season with Jack. So that is an improvement, uh, I suppose, in some respects. But I think it could be a blessing in disguise because it's highlighted, for instance, players like uh, Trezeguet, Algarzi, Elmo, uh, maybe McGinn to an extent, not in terms of him. I don't think we should sell him or anything like that. But I think, no, in, no, terms no. Of, I think in terms of you know him being more of a squad player, say, uh, it's sort of highlighted those types of players that we need to improve on. Whereas maybe if we had carried on doing okay, then maybe players like Trezeguet would have been, oh, well, you know, he can play most of the games or Algarve can be a good second option. Whereas now I think, you know, you're right, we do need to improve. And, you know, end of the day, I think the owners are ambitious. Um, they will they will spend the money. I think, we, I think we've seen that. But it's so hard, the Premier League, isn't it? You, you've seen, you know, look at West Ham, for example. They've had so many years of struggle. They've spent so much money and they've finally just come good now. We've only had 18 months in the Premier League. Uh, and And... and a complete overhaul of that as well. It's not like we've been gradually building like Leeds. You know, there's not the same team that's come up through the championship and they've got a bit of solidity and they they all know each other. We've got completely new players uh, who are improving and then adding that to other, adding to that squad with more players. And there's a lot of upheaval. There's no cohesion really, and it is difficult. I think Dino's done a brilliant job, but I I think I do think we need to improve. And I do worry slightly that this momentum carries on next season. You see it all the time, don't you? You see it in Championship where you see teams who go on a really good run at the end of the season then end up next season the season after in the promotion spots or, or going for you saw it with Sheffield United for example or you see yeah. teams coming down from the Premier League who have had a really poor run towards the end of the season to get relegated then carry that on in the championship so I do think and that's probably why we started the season so well because we ended yeah, the exactly. season so well 
So I do worry. You know, I think we need to just Jack, hopefully Jack comes back in the next few weeks. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But we do need to pick up some results. I think because I worry about our confidence going into next season, and unless we get, unless we make big signings, and you know that that brings the confidence. I don't know. I kind of sympathise with everyone a little bit at the moment. I sympathise with the supporters because, to be honest, the last ten games or so, they've not been pretty to watch. Hasn't been good to watch before. I feel for the team a little bit because, albeit they're not playing well, but they set such high standards at the start of the season. The expectation levels just completely grew. I think if, say, we're given absolutely no context, put the lead table up, John, please. We're given no context. We're showing what the table is going to look like after 32 games. We'd look at that at the start of the season and we'd be not great. Brilliant. That is progress. That's exactly what we want. It ticks a lot of boxes for us. Defence looks good, 37 conceded in 32. We've, we've, we've scored some goals, won 13 games of football in the Premier League. You know, you look at that with no context and thinking brilliant. But because the standards were so high, because mm. we played so well, this last 10 games has probably felt worse because of that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's annoying as well because I thought, I, yeah, I, the back, back, back of my mind, I was thinking, even today, I was thinking, oh, if we win today, then we've got Everton twice to play. We could yeah. we could break into that top eight, top seven, potentially, if we do really well, have a really good end of the season. But the, it's just obviously Villa sort of bringing you back down to earth. But even looking at even looking at our poor run, you look at games like Burnley away, Sheffield United away and Newcastle away. All those three games, we should have really eight more points. Even Burnley at home as well. Even if we, even how bad we've been, we should still be on 52 points, maybe 53 points. And then we'd still be in with a shout at top six. That's, and that's how... That's how that's the frustrating thing because I think even though we've been poor and played poorly, there's been games where we've been poor that we could have done better out of and we should yeah, have done better yeah. out. Of. I mean, I might look, I might be looking at this completely wrong, but I look at that league table there and it feels the points feel low, except for City. The points, you know, the points feel low. City and Manu discount them, but I'm sure 59 points wouldn't get you third at this stage of the season normally. No, not feel, at all. everything feels quite low, doesn't it? So. In general, it's just been a funny season for everyone. I mean, Liverpool have been absolutely garbage the entirety of 2021. But yeah, of course, they beat us at Anfield. I think that's the only time they picked up any points at Anfield this year, which again feels very typical Villa. But they're still in touch with fourth. Yeah. It just feels like a, a low season in general. So that's what annoys us as well, because we know this oh, This could have been our big chance to get top six. This could have been our big chance to, to get top four. And that's what we were we were all saying. You've got the COVID stuff as well. None of us know. I don't want to use it as an excuse, but realistically, none of us know the impact that's had. How would have our season gone if that hadn't have happened? How would the season have gone if Jack hadn't picked up the injury when he did? Even go back to November when Barkley got injured. You know, the goal was playing well up until that point. He's come back and been a shadow of his former self. But every team will have those what-if moments. But... On the face of it, just looking at it, it's progress. But because of what you're saying about the momentum, I think that's a massive thing. And that's, I just want to end the season with a few victories just to, to get that to get that gone, the momentum thing. I want to end on a positive. I do yeah. think that might be a bit difficult now. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it, is, it feels like a lost opportunity, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It feels like that. It was there for the taking. Uh, in this current environment, COVID environment, no no fans in the, t- in, in the stadiums. Teams struggling like Liverpool, uh, teams like Tottenham, Chelsea even struggled a little bit with under Frank. You thought, you know, there's an, there's definitely a chance for us to to do something special here. And, and you know, you can't be helped when Grealish gets injured. I, I know I know we weren't that great with Grealish in the team since the start of the year. But mm. even then, you know, you've got Grealish in your team, you're going to pick up another seven, eight points from the game. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a game changer. Game changer, isn't it? So I, I think it just highlights, I, again, I think going back to the point around the blessings of Scars, it highlights how much this squad still has to go 
uh, to get to that top six position or those challenges of the top six. I think there's players in that team who just aren't good enough. And I think I'm hoping it's highlighted to the owners as well. And probably why Dino has been so reluctant to make changes or use the team. You know, you look at that squad and you look at the subs bench. How often Our bench did you think, was terrible. Yeah, you just think there's nothing there, is there? There's nothing there that's going to make it make a difference. And you do feel for Dino. At the same time, today, you know, I, I think Dino made a mistake. He should have brought on Keenan Davis much earlier. But 100%. Yeah, the, you know, it's a swing, sort of swings around us. There's, there's things you can, yeah, we can sit here all day worrying about everything. But, uh, you know, long-term trend, season on season, we've improved. But you've got to take into account the sort of shorter-term yeah. distortions of what's happened and, and, and factor that in. Because if we go on, if we lost every single game of the rest of the season now, then I think serious questions would be asked about Dino. And, and this feels weird to say because we've improved so much, but... That momentum part is so important because it shows you the mentality of the team, the character of the team, the character of the management team as well, and what they can do to impact the the team. You know, yes, without Grealish, we're going to miss him, but we should be doing better without Grealish still because, you know, Dino's been here for two and a half years. We should be we should be able to find a way to play and influence games without jacking the team. You know, there's no reason why, yes, he's, the, you know, he's by far the best player we've got, but there's no reason why we can't do better without him. You know, we need to find a way of playing without him. And hopefully that's what we improve on in the summer. Um, hopefully it doesn't it doesn't matter. We never need to worry about him not being the team because he's always going to be there. But you need to factor that in. You know, the, the injuries do happen. Yeah, I think to be fair, in, in the chat that we've had tonight, I think we've probably gone through things from a lot a lot of different angles, discussed a lot. It's hard to get your head around every, every time I walk it in. It's like a steps music video and the tragedy I keep, keep doing. I've been doing it non-stop on this video and I'm really annoying myself by doing it, but I can't, can't seem to stop myself doing it. But you know what? We've covered a lot a lot of stuff even in the last 10 minutes there. It is hard to get to get your head around it all because like, there is improvement, not albeit not, not in the short term, but the long term there is. There's just so much to go over. It's a, it's a bit of a, a, a head mess. Minefield, isn't it? Yeah. It really? yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what to think at the end of the season. There'll be a review, but Dean Smith can turn around and say to anyone, he can probably say, I've met the objective of the season, just like he could this time, well, this time whenever we finish the season, last season when he can turn around and say, I've met the objective, and he can do that the season before as well. So season upon season, progress. Yeah. But last 10 games, Jesus, I have not enjoyed watching us at all. I think we'll probably leave it there. Thanks ever so much, Omar, for coming on and having a chat. Always a pleasure to talk to you, especially when you've you've been fasting. I thank you ever so much for coming on. You've wolfed down your food before you (laughs) Really, really appreciate your time. And thanks to everyone for tuning in as well. And thanks to Purity for sponsoring us and their continued support of the channel. It really means a lot. I can't even remember when the next game is. Saturday, Saturday night, isn't it? Next week, Everton. It's a why, isn't it? The Villa Park game hasn't been been arranged yet. No, it hasn't been arranged yet. No, I'm sorry, why yeah. they not, have they not announced God that yet? Knows. Surely by now they should have figured out a date. Who knows? To play that game. Anyway. Who knows? No, no, I never have a clue what's going on with the, with the fixture arrangements. It feels like they get lighter and lighter, telling you what time kickoffs yeah. are going to be. I, I do, I do I feel like that, but the fa- yeah. fans are a bit like most fans, apart from maybe Man City fans, are like just want the season to be done with, especially with what's happened with the Super League and stuff. Everyone's a bit like the summer. summer. Yeah, exactly. Get me to the summer. Let's get the checkbook out. Let's. Let's see what's happening. Thanks ever so much. And I'll be back next week. And there'll be a match preview in the week as well. Only one thing left to say up the villa. The villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.